This book is known as the Gospel of Matthew because it was written by the apostle of the same name. The style of the book is uh, exactly what would be expected of a man who was once a tax collector. Matthew uh, has a keen interest in accounting. Think about uh, the book of Matthew, chapter 18, 23 to 24, and Matthew 25, uh, 14 to 15. The gospel of Matthew is very orderly and concise. Rather than uh, writing just a chronological order, Matthew arranges this gospel through six discussions. Uh, as a tax collector, Matthew possesses uh, a skill that makes his writing all the more exciting for Christians. Tax collectors were expected to be able to write in a form of shorthand, which essentially meant that uh, Matthew could record a person's word as they spoke, word for word. This ability uh, means that the words of Matthew are not only just inspired by the Holy Spirit, but should be, represent an actual transcript of some of Christ's sermon. For example, the Sermon on the Mount as recorded in chapters uh, 5 to 7 of the book of Matthew, is almost certainly a perfect recording of that great message. Now, think about the date of writing. When was the book of Matthew written? As an apostle, Matthew wrote the gospel of Matthew in the early period of the church, probably around 55 to 65 AD. And this was a time when most Christians were Jewish converts. So Matthew focuses on uh, Jewish perspective in this gospel and uh, you can well see the jewish angle of uh, uh, of this book okay it's most all written to a jewish nation okay now what was the purpose of writing the book of matthew matthew intends to prove to the jews that uh, jesus christ is the promised messiah and more than any other gospel, the gospel of Matthew quotes the Old Testament to show us how Jesus fulfilled the words of Jewish prophets. And uh, likewise, Matthew describes in detail the lineage of Jesus from David and uses many forms of speech that Jews would have been comfortable with. Matthew's love for and concern for his people is apparent through his me, 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 meticulous approach to telling the gospel story. Now, let's look at some key verses in the book of Matthew. One of the key verses is Matthew 5 verse 17. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets, but I have, I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. There are so many Jews who are thinking that Jesus is coming to destroy the law. And this is a key point to tell them that, hey guys, Jesus is not coming to destroy the law or to abolish the law, but he actually came to fulfill it. And once he has fulfilled it, we don't need to fulfill it again ourselves. We can just say, uh, rely on the basis of what Jesus already fulfilled. We take his fulfillment of the law. We take his righteousness. We take his death. We take his resurrection. And uh, we rely on that. We don't have to rely on ourselves and what we are doing, okay? Another key verse is um, Matthew 5 from verse 43 to 44. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Now, this was very common 
very common for the Jews uh, to hate those who hate them and to persecute those who persecute them and to try and revenge an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But Jesus came and said, no, 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 this, is the, this was the old new way of thinking, but now I'm coming to give you a new way of thinking. Is is love those people, those who hate you and those who persecute you. So that was a key, key, key point in the book of Matthew. Now let's look at again in the book of Matthew 6, uh, verse 9 to 13. It says, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, our Lord be your name, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive those who, uh, you know, are our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. And things like that. So you understand this prayer. It gives us a key picture of how God wanted it to be. You see many people, as they are praying, they are only thinking about themselves. And they are not thinking about the kingdom to come. So when Jesus said, and as you pray, say, let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It is basically a way of trying to... uh, uh, to acknowledge that God was about to bring their Messiah back again. And they had to put their faith in Jesus as the Messiah. Okay, Matthew 16 verse 20, uh, 26, it says, What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet he forfeits his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? Now, there are those uh, Jews who did not believe in resurrection. Okay, and uh, they were like, okay, once you die, you die. But uh, Jesus wanted to tell people that there is life after death and that people should be more keen on doing what is right because you just don't let your soul go like that. You have to make sure that, uh, you know, your soul is the real you. And, and that's, this, that's something that Jesus wanted to prove and tell these people, you need to do what is right because your soul is the most important. So if you just live for the day, because Jews lived for the day, many of them just live for the day, it's very disastrous for you. Matthew 22 verse 37 to 40, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hung on these two. The Jews, they loved keeping the law. Of course, they loved keeping the law, even if they never kept it right as it was supposed to be. So they they loved poking on things and saying, oh, this person did this, so we have to kill him. This person did this, so we have to, you know, they went, uh, they worked on, on a Sabbath. They did, And it was really more like following rules instead of following love for each other you see this this law the bible tells us in the epistles of paul that the law was just our was just our schoolmaster to direct us to christ so now when christ came the law is of no use then but you see these people they are still keeping the law so much and they're saying oh we have to keep everything and we think that's how we, we you know we'll be right with god but god did not want the keeping of the law as much he wanted you to love, to show love to God and to love your fellow brother, your fellow sister, okay? Because if you can say you're keeping the whole law, but you're, you're not doing what is right, then what was the law about? It makes no sense. You, you're getting the point here, okay? So he wanted to show his brethren, 
Matthew wanted to show his brethren that, hey guys, uh, you Jews, please, it's not just about following some set of instructions. It's about change of your heart, okay? Matthew 27 verse 31, after they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put on, and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. This is to explain very well that you fellas, you, 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 Jews, you're the one who crucified your king, the king of the Jews. You crucified him. So the consequences which are going to befall you, it's your own fault, okay? Matthew 28, verse 5 to 6, The angel said unto the woman, women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen. Just as he said, come and see the place where he lay. This is to confirm that Jesus rose again. Okay, He confirmed that Jesus rose. And those women, they saw uh, uh, Jesus rose. And uh, he was seen of uh, 500 people. He was seen of, uh, um, of his disciples. He was seen by many people after he rose to confirm that Jesus is God. Matthew 28, 19 to 20. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything. I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of age. This is uh, just generally to, to, to tell people that uh, God has called people for the great commission. Go out and make disciples of me. So Matthew wanted to make this very clear to the people that Jesus is the one, and he has authority, and he's God, and he sent people to do what he wanted them to do. Now, let me just give you a brief summary of the book of Matthew. The Gospel of Matthew discusses the lineage, birth, and the early life of Christ in the first two chapters. From there, uh, the book discusses the ministry of Jesus, and uh, the descriptions of Christ's teachings are arranged around this discourses such as the Sermon on the Mount in chapter 5 and uh, through chapter 7. Chapter 10 also involves the mission and the purpose of the disciples. And also chapter 13 is a collection of parables. Chapter 18 discusses the church. Chapter 23 begins uh, a discourse about hypocrisy and the future. Chapter 21 through uh, 27 discusses the arrest, torture, and execution of Jesus. And the final chapter describes the resurrection and the great commission. Now, a couple of connections very quickly couple of connections in the book of uh, Matthew because Matthew's purpose is to represent Jesus Christ as the king and the Messiah of, uh, of Israel. He quotes from the Old Testament more than any of the other three gospel writers. Matthew quotes more than 60 times from the prophetic passages of the Old Testament, okay, uh, demonstrating how Jesus fulfilled them. He begins his gospel with the genealogy of Jesus, tracing him back to uh, Abraham, the progenitor of the Jews. From there, Matthew quotes extensively from the prophets, frequently using the phrase, as it was spoken through the prophets. Do you remember? He spoke a lot, saying, as it was spoken. Let me just show you a couple of verses where this one applies. Matthew chapter 1, 22 to 23 the Bible says, Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. Are you seeing that one? And also let's look at um, 
Matthew 2, 5 to 6, it says, And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it was written by who? The prophet. And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, you are not least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. And there are many, many, many verses. You can go and read Matthew 4, 13 to 16, 8, 16 to 17, 13 to 35, uh, 13 verse 35, 21, 4 to 5. They are all speaking about this is what was spoken by the prophets. These verses refer to the Old Testament prophecies of his virgin birth. Let me show you the verses which already had been spoken about his virgin birth, which basically Matthew was trying to quote so that he can show uh, he can prove that this is the promised Messiah. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. You see, that this is what was spoken by the prophets back in the days. In where? In Bethlehem, the book of Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, it says, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrata, thou be not little among the thousands of Judah. Yet out of thee shall he come forth to me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from old, from everlasting. And uh, of course, his return from Egypt after the death of Herod is also spoken by the prophet Hosea. In Hosea 11 verse 1, when Israel was a child, then I loved him and called my son out of Egypt. You see, exactly what Jesus would do. He would come out of Egypt. Okay, So his return from Egypt is uh, spoken by the, the prophet Hosea in detail and also recorded again in the book of Matthew. And also his ministry to the Gentiles had already also been spoken by the prophet Isaiah. Where? In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 to 2, it says, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in our vexation, when, the f- when uh, at the first he lightly afflicted, he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward did more grievously afflict uh, her by the way of the sea, behold, uh, beyond Jordan in Galilee of the nations. You see? And also verse 2 explains much more. I don't have time to read all that. And of course, you can go and read uh, uh, Isaiah chapter 60 from verse 1 to 3. Let me just read to you just uh, maybe verse 1 and 2. It says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness of the people, and the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee, and the Gentiles shall come to die whatever you know as we continue so you see the point here is that jesus he will also preach to the gentiles this is something which was unknown back in the days it was something which was so different from what you know the jews expected because christ's miraculous healings of both body and soul they were also prophesied he was also prophesied all the things that happened it was a prophecy back in the days let's let's look about the healing the healings, they were prophesied in the book of Isaiah 53 verse 4. This is one of the very famous uh, verses. It says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. You see? So even Jesus going to heal people, it was already prophesied long time ago. 
Okay? Even the way he was speaking in parables, it was already spoken by the prophets back in the days. Psalms 78 verse 2 says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. And his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, also spoken by the prophet Zechariah in Zechariah 9.9. It says, Rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass, and upon a call to the fall of an ass. You see? So now, how can we apply practically the book of Matthew? The gospel of Matthew is an excellent introduction to the core teachings of Christianity and the logical outline style makes it easy to locate discussions of various topics. Matthew is a Matthew is a, especially useful for understanding how the life of Christ was the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Matthew's intended uh, audience was his fellow Jews, many of whom, especially the Pharisees and Sadducees, stubbornly refused to accept Jesus as their Messiah. In spite of centuries of reading and studying the Old Testament, their eyes were blinded to the truth of who Jesus was. Jesus rebuked them for their hard hearts and the refusal to recognize one, the one that they had supposedly been waiting for. Even, even the, 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 the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, they could not recognize Jesus. Okay? And the Bible tells us so keenly in the book of John 5, 38 to 40, it says, And you have not his word abiding in you. For whom he has sent, you, be, you believe not. Such the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And you will not even come to me that you might have life. You see what Jesus is saying. These people, they did not even understand that the one they have been praying and they have been asking for guidance is already here, but they can't see because they were spiritually blind. They wanted a Messiah on their own terms. Someone who would fulfill their own desires and do what they wanted him to do. We should ask ourselves, how often do we seek God in our own terms? Don't we reject him by ascribing to him only those attributes that we find acceptable, the ones that make us feel good, his love, mercy, grace, while rejecting those we find objectionable, his wrath, justice, and holy anger. And we dare not make the mistake of the Pharisees creating God in our own image and then expecting him to live up to our own standards. It is his will, not our will. Such a God is nothing more than just an idol. If, if the God that you believe in is goes on your will, not his will, then it's just an idol. And the Bible gives us more than enough information about the true nature and identity of God and Jesus Christ to warrant our worship and our obedience. Okay? So that's something that we need to understand. And uh, that's the end of our Bible study lesson today. Hope it was a blessing to you. Hope you learned something. And remember, you can always download this podcast to listen later offline or to share to your friends and family. And please don't forget to favorite our podcast and subscribe to our channel so that you can always be notified whenever we post a new Bible study question. And if you like to get saved or you need a step-by-step Bible verses, uh, on the order of salvation so that you can well preach to your friends or family or maybe you just feel led to support our ministry kindly visit our website keithmwoki.com for more details and breakdowns uh, otherwise uh, I just hope to see you soon in the next one